You're listening to Team Talk on ESPN Radio, 1017 The Team. It's going to go under 10. Hold your seat. Dent the drive. House looking for more. He's still not done. Talking about personality, too. He's got it all. You could say you could get under your skin if you're an opponent. But right now, he's a crowd favorite, and rightfully so. Get in the house, behind the house, big time. There you go. Just a, a game that was in front of the entire country here. Waiting on football, Lobos 88-70, to 70, and we can start, like, giving out accolades. I know JT Toppin won his, what, fifth Freshman of the uh, Week award, Sam? Fifth, Okay, yeah. okay, so we can, and we'll get into other accolades. Here's where I want to start. I want to I give kudos to, to Coach Richard Patino and his staff. Like, we were... We came here on Monday after the Lobos uh, had lost at UNLV, and we had to remind ourselves and everybody else, hey, there's 15 more games left to go in the year. Uh, yeah, games like UNLV are games that the Lobos will have to win to achieve what they're trying to get to at the end of the year. But the game on Saturday is also one of those games that the Lobos need to win to get to where they want to do. And they did it in convincing fashion. Uh, I I don't remember very many games against a competent team like San Diego State where they could turn the tide like they did there. Everything with just under six minutes in the game appeared to be going all in San Diego State's a favor in the they, first half. In the first half, excuse me. Thank you. Okay, in the first half, and this one again, I'm I'm crediting Coach Patino and the staff there. So you come off the loss to UNLV, you're down by 11 with 5:46 to go in the first half. Certainly, tons of time, but like any concern that the Lobos might lack confidence in playing against this top 25 team, a team that got to the NC, like you never sensed it at all. And uh, the Lobos respond. Uh, they go on a 17 to zero run, including an 11 zero run by Jalen house. The one uh, that you heard about just then uh, from Bill Rafferty. Like, okay, so I'm going to start with Coach Patino and his staff for getting this team to rebound so quickly from that loss to UNLV and put themselves right back in position where you'd want to be. Sure, you'd like to have the UNLV game back. Everything else is, you know, just what kind of you figured it might be. But uh, the win against San Diego State, I think, offsets any concerns uh, with the loss to UNLV. Oh, there's there's no question as far as offsetting concerns. The, the biggest difference is, and, and this is really the biggest difference in just about any Lobos game, biggest difference against Colorado State, against UNLV, going the other way against San Diego State, the good way is they were not, not that they were taking bad shots or not that they were taking questionable, risky, low-percentage shots against Colorado State and UNLV, but they never got that one big moment that gave them a shot in the rear that gets this unstoppable freight train barreling down the tracks when they get in that mode like they got against San Diego State. There aren't a lot of teams in the country that are going to, certainly in the Mountain West, that are going to come back against them. It's the reason why the second half stayed the way that it did, and that's where I'm going to give the big kudos specifically to Coach Richard Patino and the staff, because that was something that was becoming a talking point for this team. And really, and Coach Patino was honest, not having an answer of why they're coming out in the second half, not 
ready to play. Boy, that, that was answered. Yeah, yeah. That, that was that was answered. They were able whatever a they, three point lead at the half, and then they outscore San Diego State by fifteen in the second. Yeah, they half. were able to hold on to that through the halftime break. They had the momentum, and they were and then able to hold on to it. So I guess maybe the next thing after that is if you is if you're if you're not this runaway freight train at halftime, can you get off to that when you have to create your own momentum still to start the second half? But that's when you get the thing that you got Saturday where they get that one big shot and you just see the look. Really, Jalen House is the one you see the look on his face. The the sequence that stands out so much in that game, I think it was, I think it was during his 11-0 run late in the half, he gets a bucket, he does the, you know, the, the signal with his arms where he's getting the crowd pumped up, and then he goes right back into sticking the arms out to go out on defense in the backcourt, Boop! Steal that another was, one right back. That was one of the, the the most memorable sequences, you know, that I've had in a couple of years. Just that whole thing that you just explained right there. Yeah, uh, and while there's like, you know, I even asked Coach Richard Pitino before the game, you know, the whole thing about the T against UNLV, and he, yeah, I, he, I, he was tired of really talking about it, and he quickly said, "Hey." 99% of what we get out of Jalen House uh, for what we're doing is a positive and, like, I, we're we're with him or something along those lines. Right, because there's always a chance that and, that's going to happen. And, and the thing is, like, the fans, these probably these same ones that get frustrated with him and, and focus in on those things were the same ones that were, like, screaming their throats out the other night in the pit. House gets that place going uh, as as much as any you know i mean again i as as anybody i can remember i mean i think kendall you know we have we had kendall on you didn't see him play that much but you know you could see what like brought people to really uh rally around him house uh, you know wh- that whole sequence you just mentioned there not only getting but the quickness that he showed in order to get that steal and turn it into a bucket is when that place really erupted there and and house you know playing with that kind of uh, level of intensity only gets three fouls in the game didn't see him hardly john with the officials at all and that's the best uh that you see out of Jalen house another thing too is like Make no bones about it. There was a reason that House and Mashburn were both named first-team all-conference players. And Mashburn showed in the second half there when San Diego State was thinking about making a run that, like, hey, if it's Jamal Mashburn time there, you know, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to, he hit a three and he just hit mid-range after mid-range after mid-range. Are we saying he's back? I don't know if he's back, but you can see... Uh, what a what a weapon he is! Like I'm, uh, I'm gonna. So I said there was 15 games left. We still got 14 games left, including like this really tasty game tonight. I mean, how about uh, San Diego State and Utah State over the course of a four day period, Sam? Like you got to be loving that tonight. And and Utah State ranks 16th. I never pretended to understand how how these the the the, the rankings and the nets. I, I never per, pretended to understand how this works. I have no expertise in this area whatsoever. Yet I'm commenting as this is a weird weekend as far as teams having big swings, big drops, big going ups. I mean, Utah State. It was the only eight seconds that counted, but they went for eight seconds, point three percent of the game at UNLV, and they just shoot up everywhere. Now, I guess it depends on what happens around you, but they 
go up all the way to 16 in the AP poll. They climb in the net. They're still going up, up, up. I, I, it's better uh, for the Lobos. I mean, I'm not going to complain because if you win, then you oh. beat a, an even higher marked team than San Diego State was. But it, it it is interesting how the all this is being shuffled around. I am so glad that they led those final five seconds because like they're coming into this game tonight, sixteen and one, four and zero. All right, a team that was picked to be sixth or seventh in the preseason Mountain West. All right. And then we're re- doing some research on them, and it's going to be a bunch of names that you don't recognize. Well, you know why that is? Is that Utah State is one of just three teams in the nation returning zero points from their 2022-2023 roster, okay? The other two teams that return zero points the whole that, you know year over year, well, one of them is New Mexico State, go figure. The other one is Northwestern, which I have no idea what's going on with that because Pat Fitzgerald, last time I checked, was not attached to their basketball team. Now, like, the football team, well-documented. I have no idea what happened to West Northwestern, but that's beside Did the Julia Louis-Dreyfus' son finally graduate, and everybody's like, well, I don't need to be here anymore. <laughs> Whatever it is. Uh, so, Danny Sprinkle comes down from Montana State. By the way, you were being nice to Utah State. They were picked ninth. You see, I was trying to be nice. I, I, I'd rather like underperform and w- whatever it is, underpromise and overperform. Well, that that underpromise and overperform. Pick ninth, ninth. Okay, so low. Well, Behind they don't Fresno and San Jose. How about that? Well, when you don't have a single That's point true. returning, where where do you expect to be uh, ranked in the non- uh, the preseason? Uh, Danny Sprinkle, a former player at Montana State, took the team to uh, the NCAAs his last two years at Montana State, kind of comes in under the radar. We're like, oh, that's a kind of a cool name, you know, and and then he brings off a, the tongue. a couple of guys in uh, with him from Montana State that are amongst their best players. They get, they excuse the pun, they sprinkle in a variety of other transfers and lo and behold, Sam, they're sixteen and one, and they're coming into the pit higher ranked than San Diego was on San Diego State was on on Saturday. Yeah, I'm really curious. What else could you want tonight? Th- there isn't there isn't anything else you'd want tonight. I'm really curious because this team, you saw, it really was on full display last. I think whatever it was last week when they won at Colorado State. This team, they're they're so long and no, they so- they Colorado, they beat Colorado State at Logan. Okay, okay, but still, right. yeah, when they beat, beating Colorado, when they beat State. Colorado State, when Colorado State was ranked and it just beat New Mexico, and yeah, they're, yes, yeah, it, it was early on, but they're so long and they're so disruptive on the glass, and they out rebound you by bajillion. This great Osibor, I can't wait to see him tonight. Former player, what, what's his name again? Great, his name is Great. Yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not asking for a description. What, what's his first and last name? Great Osibor. Okay, the yeah, the one and only Great Osibor. First name, adjective, description, and everything else. And what make and and so I kind of answered my own question. The biggest concern that I had going into San Diego State was Utah State or UNLV's length disrupted them to no end, and San Diego State's even longer. What's going to happen? The way that. The, uh, just looking at blocks and defense, I know the points weren't there for Nelly, but the way that he played, the way that JT is still going, good timing on that because you're going to need every little bit of it to, again tonight. Like e- Even if a couple of points aren't there, if you can basically replicate 
what Nelly and JT were able to do against San Diego State, that's your best chance tonight. By the way, kudos to you because yeah, the Brock Purdy the the Brock Purdy season prediction maybe wasn't there, but we've seen that. You never know. So you can, you can be great as can be in the non-conference, but when you get to Mountain West play, it's a different story. It, mu- it couldn't have been more than two or three games into the season when you told us that JT was the most c- comfortable, was the word that you used, the most comfortable freshman since Kenny Thomas, and not, none of these big boys are bugging him one bit. He's just kind of, he's got like blinders on and just playing his own game like there's nobody else out there. We were talking about like the guys that he were was going up against um Ladie graduated high school in 2019 uh the two brothers from UNLV the brothers were, were 2019 yeah uh and here's Jaden last year at this time he was in the middle of district play somewhere in the Dallas metro area so yeah he but you'd never know it and his anticipation all obviously the 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 issues at the free throw line um Th- it's prevalent, are, but it's not bothering him. It's not, but it, it has to be rectified. Oh, it, of course. And here's what I would like to do. I, I meant to look this up to see if we could find what his, his free throw shoot, shooting percentage was in, in high school. Like, let's say he wasn't an 80% free throw shooter, but I would venture to guess that he was probably closer to a 65 or 70% uh, free throw shooter. Uh, so, like, the only thing I'll, I'll add about the free throws is you take him out, JT out, and the remaining balance of the Lobos were 19 of 21. So that kind of was a stopgap in the concern for the free throw shooting. Because, like, I think going into uh, the game on Saturday in the three Mountain West games, the Lobos were in the vicinity of 40 or 45 percent. Maybe I'm even being generous. Uh, from the free throw uh, line, uh, they missed, I think, their first two on Saturday. But then, boom, 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 they make 12 straight, and they continued really uh, superior, uh, superb free throw shooting throughout. You mentioned about the block shots. <laughs> Man, uh, like, what a display of of blocking shots up by the rims. And and Mark Ziegler from San Diego State, uh, he's the beat writer for the, the Union Di- Tribune. The Union Tri- we had him on on Friday. He wrote a big old thing about how he, like in a lot of ways, said the officials were a big part of that game, uh, noting how many blocks that the Lobos had had compared to what they normally get a game. You know that that most of the, some of those must have been fouls. I, I I you know there were some blocks on the Lobos that. That I enjoyed watching too. There's something about seeing these guys timing up there around the backboard and the rim, going after shots. And in my opinion, uh, like referees um, that let it go, understand the game at both ends, and you want to see guys be able to go after block shots. It's one of the most exciting elements of the game. But Ziegler went on and on, not only about the the fact that these block shots weren't being called fouls. He was talking about the experience of two of the three officials, or all the officials, and he went on and on and on. And quite frankly, I didn't really see... <laughs> yeah, Grand. Oh, you're a Lobo fan. You didn't see it, but I I thought that the three officials, with two of them being new to the pit, I wouldn't have known it until I read it. I thought they kind of kept things 
pretty much in check. Uh, I'm looking at the free throws. The, the Lobo shot 14 free throws in the, in the first half. San Diego State shot six. Uh, in the second half, the Lobo shot 17 free throws. San Diego State shot 14 free throws. So, I mean, give me a break when it comes to the refs. The only thing, the only thing that I would really even maybe put as a mark against him was understanding that this game is on network CBS and the whole country's watching. Oh, you got to move it along. Yeah, the, the reviews took too long, and especially if you're, That's a for sure. if you're going to have a review, I think it was a minute 18 into the game we got the first one. Yeah, you got to move those along a little bit quicker. But other than that, there, I, I mean, you know, and again, we're looking at this from the Lobo side of things, but we can we we can tell when it's a choppy game. We can tell when there's a heavy whistle, when there's too many calls going one way or another. Because it doesn't know if, if there's a lot of fouls going against the other team, it doesn't automatically benefit the Lobos. It slows down their tempo potentially. Well, it's it's not a given. And and, and and here's the thing: is like it's it both. Teams don't always foul the same amount of times. I mean, it's not about looking up and see what the team fouls are and, oh, we got to even things out. It's about, like, calling fouls when fouls are being committed. And uh, I I didn't think there were fouls being committed on block shots, whether it was San Diego State or New Mexico. And overall, um, I, I thought they did a pretty good job. I'm also going to, since we're on the refs, uh, we saw, like, Championship basketball, APS uh, Metro Tournament Saturday. Two, like, really good games, very hard to officiate games. All three of those refs. I mean, people think that these refs are going to be absolutely perfect. Come on. So I, the, I, I didn't see the refs as a factor one way or the other. Uh, you know, Mark Ziegler brought a John Higgins, who's the head of officiating for the Western United States, and, you know, uh, the guy that replaced Bobby Dibler, uh, so on and so forth. I mean, to well, me— Well, that was the best part of this. Is, you know, what's this, that? This whole, like, the, the whole premise of this is referee—we have a, a refereeing crisis— in this part of the country because referees and other conferences are getting paid more. more. And yeah, he brings up John Higgins, who used to be a ref in the Mountain West. Now he's the he's off the court. Now he's the head of head of officiating. And he goes on to reference in this piece that John Higgins refereed twenty San Diego State games and they won eighteen of them. So it wasn't a problem then. So uh, other things that Ziegler uh, mentioned in the story, he also wouldn't know either because Brian Dutcher always has that same wry smile on his face, whether it's a good call or a bad call. But I'll tell you what, Dutcher didn't blame the refs, and like, um, and he didn't also all you know he was asked about the Lobos maybe piling it on, keeping starters in, getting to that eighteen point win, and Dutcher's like, I would have done the same thing. It's it's about metrics and. Like, it's not only margin of victory. In fact, so that doesn't even matter anymore. It's the offense and defense efficiencies and generating ter- all those little things are what get factored in to deciding who's going to the NCAA tournament or not. And it's a chance to develop some of those things when you got a team like San Diego State in the mix. Right. If, if your efficiency, look, if your efficiency in a game, if you start pulling guys at the end and your efficiency rating goes from a 95 to a 90, it wouldn't seem like it would make that much of a difference, but every little bit of this gets gets combed through, and and I and I'm glad he acknowledged that, yeah, because you, the the uh, an 18 point win against San Diego State versus a 10 point win over San Diego State, it's all still the same around here, and we're all still celebrating as much as we would, but 
That's a big uh, like that, that makes a big difference when it comes time. To, uh, maybe not a big difference, but it does make a difference when it comes time to when we're starting to factor all this in. Here's um, Dutcher here. He said, um, quote, there was a day in college basketball when you were that far ahead. You kind of don't worry about the margin, just winning. OK, but now with the metrics the way they are. Margin is important. They continue to play aggressive with their starters all the way to the end to the last minute of the game, which is what I would do. I'm not condemning them. I'm just saying it's a new era in basketball where the numbers matter. All right, so uh, it is what it is. I mean, like the, the thing is that the Lobos handed San Diego State their worst loss like in 73 games. I mean, it, it was a, a whipping uh, and I I just think the, the better team on Saturday won, and they won by the margin that they probably should have won. The Lobos were fantastic on Saturday, uh, you know, from Toppin to House to Mash, and also let's throw Coach Richard Patino and the staff in there as well. And Mustafa. And Mustafa Amzil. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the two threes, it was like, where did those? Actually, those were the two that, Kind of got the Lobos going, right? I mean, that was that was part of it. Yeah, he makes one, and then like, okay, cool. You know, he makes one. If he can do that every once in a while, great. He makes the second one, and he does this move where he, he puts his palms out and he looks at his hands like are like like they're on fire. Like I need to do a heat check and put off these this fire in my hands. I mean, everybody's got the confidence when you're when this team starts rolling. It is infectious with how much confidence everybody's going to get. And the last two games, the Lobos have split them, but the last two games. I'm just saying, look, keep a close eye on him tonight because we're we're finally now starting to get the guy that I think we thought we were getting from Dayton in him as far as the impact that he can make on both ends of the floor. Yeah, I mean, a different player uh, than Nelly Jr. Joseph. Like he he when he comes in to play that position, uh, much more of a stretch player, and when he's not making threes. Like, it doesn't matter what kind of a player he is. But, yeah, he was a, a key component there. I looked at his plus-minus in the game, and it was a plus-15. So, the um, the uh, how many minutes did he get? The eight, the 19 minutes that Mustafa Amzil got were very, very productive for New Mexico. Let's hope it continues tonight. 8.30, Fox Sports 1, Lobos against 16-1 and Utah State. Lobos come in 14-3, and not too bad. Uh, not too shabby themselves. So, um, or excuse me, fifteen and uh, three. Uh, the Lobos come in to tonight's game. All right. So uh, that is go- no fourteen and three. I'm sorry, fourteen and three. Uh, the Lobos sixteen and one. Utah State. I got that straight. Okay. We're also going to get some things straight with the Cowboys. We are going to do our Dallas Cowboy update. Sam's got some nuggets uh, that has come out since the loss. We'll get to those. Uh, when we come back, I'm Joe O'Neill. That is Sam Hauser, Team Talk, ESPN Radio 1017, the team.